King Mordor again. Shout out to the fellas. Weeks are slipping by, days are slipping by, but the big weekend is here for me. Big Frampton fan, favorite fighter of the day, and to me, he's back now where he belongs. I think he's been away too long, and I think he is going to display on Saturday night. Unless I'm getting it badly wrong, I think he's going to show that he's different gravy. And I'm just sorry that it's going to come at the hands of Josh Washington. Now, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. Possibly. But I don't think so. I think Carl Frampton is now on the big stage. And I think this is where you see the real Carl Frampton. Again, this week, a little bit of a delay. Uh, lots of new kit. A new investment, I guess. We've got a new uh, interface. A couple of new condenser mics. Filters. Uh, software and things like that. And Murphy's Law. What can go wrong? But two tremendous interviews this week. One with a guy called Nicky Fullerton. He's a boxing correspondent from the Belfast Telegraph. And the other is from Irish boxing legend, Patrick Padjo, Punisher Highland. Uh, that was a real treat. I really enjoyed that. I, look, I'm enjoying all of them, but Padjo was just a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve and very easy to see why he was so popular when he was in the, in the day and anyone that's familiar with his social media can see that it's just entertainment gold and I really enjoyed having a chat with Padgett. I had planned on just doing a preview of the of the Warrington fight. Padgett fought Josh Warrington in his last fight of his career and um, what a career that was as well. 31 and three, 31 win fights with three wins, or three losses, and the three losses came in um, world title fights. But that that story will keep. I'm gonna do the first part like I did last week because I wanna get it out before the fight. The weigh-in is just done, and they look in immaculate shape, immaculate. I was a little bit worried about Carl during the week. I thought he looked, I, thought, I just thought he might have been pushing it close on the weight, but no. Not at all. He's he's in game zone now, guys, and I think it's going to be a clinic. I do. And But Paggio was just... It was one of those conversations, again, that could have gone on and on and on and on. And it did. And we had a great laugh. And you're going to really enjoy it. And I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed listening to it back. And I'm enjoying and editing it as well. And as I was saying, I hadn't planned on doing a feature on Paggio because I didn't know what way he was for time. And it turned into a, an episode all on its own. And there is also going to be an episode, just a heads up, in the next, say, try over the Christmas break with himself, 
Polly and Eddie, the three, the two brothers who were a boxing family, boxing dynasty, Irish boxing dynasty. Because for anyone to never meet their late dad was an absolute gentleman. And I mean, if you, if you meet him once, I met I only met him two or three times, and he made an impression on me. So that's, and I think everyone that has met him or knew him over the years did the same. So he was a, a, a legendary figure in Irish boxing. Uh, amateur and pro and, and just an, an all-around good guy and it's fair to say credit where it's due um, Pajo is the exact same I haven't chatted with the other two fellas yet but I, I don't doubt they're, they're just good guys and in life good guys are good guys no matter and uh, that will be played on over the Christmas so we're gonna have a sit down have a chat and we'll go through just their stories and listen to their life and boxing life because I'm sure they're anything like Padgett, the stories are just incredible and there's some great stories from him about when he fought Gary Russell Jr and when he fought uh, and as I said in his in his penultimate fight then against Josh Warrington over in I think it was in Leeds or Manchester but for now I'm going to have a chat with Nicky and he's headed off shortly to Manchester for the fight tomorrow night not one bit envious I have to say I wouldn't know where I'd rather be right now but Nicky thanks for taking the call uh, won't keep you too long. You looking forward to the weekend? No, no, you're fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going heading over to Manchester tomorrow for the fight. So, so no, I'm fine for about 50 minutes. Yeah, I looked hard at heading over myself, but just proximity to Christmas and kids and all that goes with it, it just wasn't doable this time around. So, unfortunately, I'm not at all envious. Um, but tell us, Nicky, how long do you know Carol? And, and tell me, how did you come to meet him? And um, was there anything I guess about him from early days because certainly Belfast is awash with boxers and former boxers and uh, personalities so was there anything really that struck you about him early out? I've known Carl since 2009 I actually went to the Europa the day that Barry introduced him to the, the new fighter and I spoke to him that day for about 10 minutes there was just something about him I thought he has something you know because I've heard a million times that this is the next world champion, this is the next world champion, but that day when I spoke to him, I just thought, we're just something different about him, you know? Yeah, very nice, genuine, decent fella. And that, that that's never changed. Safe to say he's popular around Belfast. What do you think? Yeah, he's very popular. He's sort of transcended the whole thing, you know, the public, they're behind him. And I know there's diehard boxing fans go to lots and lots of shows, like, but he's got the whole of Northern Ireland behind him. And I'm sure there'll be loads of people from up here watching on Saturday night, you know, so yeah. he's a people's champion, you know, he's a very, very popular guy, I've been out in the Bible between the streets and people, people just love him, you know, he's taken each day, you know. I can't help thinking that comes from just being normal and staying amongst the people that he grew up with and, and not wanting to change. No, I think the man, the man on the street, the dog on the street, I think they all like him, you know, and he's very well known up here, his face is very familiar to everybody, you know, and People just can't get enough of him, you know, so he's such a nice guy as well, he's such a good, down-to-earth guy, and Christine's a lovely girl too, you know, just, just a nice family, and I think people can warm to that, you know? For sure, and always willing to have a laugh at each other's expense, yeah. When Carl started out boxing, uh, Willie Casey fought Paul Highland Jr. for the that, European title down that, in Limerick, I think it was. That's right, yeah. A big Martin, Martin Rugland, the heavyweight from up here, was fighting, so... Carl, myself, and his dad, and another guy called Steve Wellings, a boxing journalist, we drove down to watch the fights, and Carl drove his Ford Focus, <laughs> and it started to overheat on the way down, 
I was always told if a car overheats, put all the windows down and turn the heating up full black. <laughs> you see, saying, you know, coming from nothing, so there was a car overheating, and we were driving down to Limerick with the windows open. And it, was, it was freezing outside, but the car was like a sauna because the heat was on full black. <laughs> 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 no, 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 I thought he wasn't even fighting that way, so. But we just got, we just got to see uh, Willie Casey, because that was super bad on and Willie caused the upset that night too, I think, didn't he? Willie Casey won it that night, yeah. Yeah. And he had a kind of a compacted career then as such, didn't he? He had a couple of highs and then he had that one big low and that was kind of the end of the Big Bang. Um, yeah. But he was sort of a crest away, wasn't he? He won prize fighter in London and then he won the European title as well. And he had a great enemy for Rigan doing, which I don't... <laughs> for me that wasn't really a good choice for someone to fight. Cause <laughs> Wigan was, was a very dangerous, dangerous guy, you know, so... And still is, I think, um, despite the bad press he gets, he's a supremely talented fighter. But there was big noise from that camp early on when Carl was making making his early moves and they were calling him out early on. And I think that's another thing that benefited him. He got well matched and well... His career was well plotted by Barry and the McGuigans from day one, would you think? Regan does a guy you just don't want to fight. No. He's so talented. He's, he's impossible to hit. And he also hits very hard as well. So it's not the sort of guy you want to be fighting if you know what I mean. So he, he, I, I think every, everybody would avoid him like the plague. And that, I think that was the sad thing that happened to him over all the years. Nobody really wanted to fight him because he was just so dangerous and so good. So good and so unconventional. But um, just to get back to Carl, I suppose... There's been hints in certain areas, and uh, now to, to Warrington's credit, I haven't heard him say it himself. But they seem to think they're getting Carl at the right time, that he's waned, or that he's he's gone past a little bit of what would be of deemed to has been his best. Um, but I think if you're looking at our body of work, the one thing that can always have been said about Carl in the big occasion is that he rises. He's an occasion fighter. He's a big night fight. And no matter how big the opponent or how big the occasion, he it never seems to touch or affect his performance. Bar maybe they got the game plan wrong a little bit for Santa Cruz. And I was afraid that maybe the change of scene, change of camp management and everything else might have. But I'm not seeing that. And I've never seen a vulnerability from him ever, to be honest with you. Um, you may have, I suppose, been a friend, but what do you think? Do you think the change maybe could have come a little bit sooner? Do you think the Santa Cruz fight was a catalyst for the change, or...? Yeah, but I, I know that he's... he's everybody seems to turn up, if you know what I mean. He never seems to freeze on a big occasion. I think against Santa Cruz in the second fight, he just fought the wrong fight, basically. So, what way did you see it? I think a wee bit early, I think. Maybe it's got a wee bit stale as well, you know, the training and all that, but I think, I think he knew maybe there was something going on, so maybe like his mind was on someone else, you know, but that night, he, Jimmy Moore was saying this week, his jab is a fantastic weapon. That night in Vegas, I can't remember, did he throw any jabs? Remember? That's right, yeah. <laughs> I think in Vegas that night, he sort of lost his cool even just to try to knock Santa Cruz out, which was never a good idea. And to be fair, that night, Santa Cruz boxed very, very well, it was very, very clever. The Cadiz and Carl just fought the wrong fight, the wrong fight. No, hindsight's a wonderful thing. It's like, before that fight, Santa Cruz said he wasn't going to march forward the way he always usually did. That's true. Because Carl was too strong for him and he was going to move and not, you know, stand and fight him. But they didn't seem to have planned for that in any shape or form, which I find surprising. Because Santa Cruz and his father and everybody said many times, he can't stand and fight with him because he's too strong. So I thought 
hindsight's a wonderful thing and you think we should have done this and should have done that but you know think maybe they thought to themselves maybe we should plan in case he does decide not to stand and fight and you know be prepared but it's one of these things I know that they were all very disappointed that night because Carl didn't really perform as the way he can do and I know he's disappointed with that so so come full circle and he's back to Saturday night a uh, chance to win his third world title and uh, make history in Ireland and uh, go on again and reset again um, the highs were so high under the under the McGuigan stewardship and the lows were okay there was one or two of them but there were few and far between um, do you think he can repeat the highs or possibly beat them um, going forward or what do you think from speaking with him what what are his plans or what are his, his goals for the future well I know from talking to him he, he wants to win on Saturday night and beat Warrington and claim IBF crown he then wants a unification fight and then he wants to take one step up and sit with other way and that's the plan and he said that two or three times and I think if he's still on form he could, he could do that he can still do that that could turn into an interesting little uh, trilogy there with um, Tennyson and John O'Carroll. Um, Farmer is, is, is the holder there at the minute, but um, what would you think yourself? Um, could you see any of those being possible future opponents? Yeah, but, but there's a, I was over in Boston watching Tennyson fight against Evan Farmer. Townsend did very well. Farmer's very elusive and quickly. I think if Carl stepped up, that would be a good fight for Carl. Tennyson did well that night. I thought he was a little bit harsh. Don't, hardly done by. Um, what was it like? Not a big fight, but no, it, uh, that fight Tennyson and I lost to, to Farmer. Just, uh, he was put down with two or three body shots, but the referee gets all jumped in a bit early. Farmer was winning the fight, yes. But it's a world title fight, you give the guy a chance, you can give him an eight count, he only counted like three or four, and he was on his way to get back to his feet, and yes, he was losing those early rounds, but that was expected, and he's been put down before by Martin Moore, Jay Ward, and he's been put down before, he's always got up, you know, so... Anyway, all talk of that, I suppose it may have to go on hold until Saturday, after Saturday night, and all going according to plan. How do you think it'll go, Nicky? Um, what way do you see it playing out, and, and, and have you seen or heard anything over the last couple of days... Th- and it gives you an inclination into a game plan. And is the friendly friendly build up likely to continue, or do you see it getting a little bit little bit more strained as they get closer to win? No, it depends, yeah. Well, I'm not looking forward to it. it. Should be a good fight. Carl's always respectful before the fights. He never never won for slavering or you know saying things. No, he's just, he's got a good sense of humor. He's a good personality. He knows he's, he's quick on his feet, so he knows what to say. You know, so he yeah. always has an answer, which is always a good thing. You know. Very. And then Sean's boarding gets hit tagged a few times, you know, think twice but keep marching forward and then what does he do? And I was thinking Carl Carl is a fantastic job for a small man. He seems to have extra long arms for his height or he does. Doesn't he? He's a he's a great job, it's a very quick job, it's a very sharp job, it's a, I think it hits hits it hard as well. So I think Carl will break him down and could stop him between Six to eight, six to nine rounds, something like that. I think you just break him down with his heavy shots and Warrington will sort of be caught out. They come forward and they'll be back and it'll make him think about what he's doing, you know, so. <laughs> you got him before I asked you. 
Uh, yeah, that's a fair call. I really can't say how I think he's going to win because I don't really know. I think he has it in him to win whatever he wants. But with a huge respect and admiration to Josh Warrington, I think um, he is a he is a top operator. And, and give him his dues. Um, he's been respectful. He hasn't shit talked. He hasn't been disrespectful in any way, shape, or form. I think the biggest addition to Carl under Jamie Moore and Nigel Travis has been his body attacks. And I think a lot of what he did to Luke Jackson at the end came from the work that was gone to the bodies throughout the fight. And I think that might pay dividends. I know Josh is big and strong and he's durable and he's come forward and he's everything. But I think he hasn't been in with a Carl Frampton. I don't think he's been in any of that level. I think Selby at his best would have been that level. But he was a long, long way. And let's be honest about it. Anyone that says any different is kidding themselves. He he was a different Lee Selby than I fought Josh. Not taking anything from Josh's win, he did what he had to do. He knew what he had to do, and he did it, and he did it in style. And he's full credit for that win. Um, but this is a different story, and I think Carl will win the fight, uh, whatever way Carl decides to win the fight. No, he's been great with the boy. He stopped Jeremy Parley in the SSC arena. That's right, Jeff. No, he's very good to the body, really. He's just so strong, I think, even a fellow. He's just strong, you know, and he, he punches right hard. But I've never seen Selby fight Granovich in the O2 in London, the IBF Serbia title. And that Selby was not the one that fought Josh Warrington, was Warrington won the world title. It was like two different people. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He destroyed Granovich that night, and he outboxed him, and he was too clever, and he was just brilliant on him. Against Warrington, he just doesn't look the same fighter. Fact. Fact, and it's not been mean or anything else, anyone. It's just true. I'm gonna leave you to it. I'll give you a story. This is his biggest fight, I guess, since um, Santa Cruz or since the Quig event in the same venue. But um, I went to that one myself. Uh, I just turned 40. We're struggling to get tickets for it because they sold out fairly rapid. So I contacted um, a cousin of mine, a brother from another mother. Uh, shout out to Ben. Um, he was living in, he lives close by over there, so I'd been all over the place looking for tickets and they were gone, they weren't to be got. So I read on social media somewhere that Quigs were being sold from the chip shop. So I contacted Ben and, um, in fairness to him, got in the car, drove to Burnley and picked up four tickets from. So we got four Scott Quig tickets for the fight in the middle of the Scott Quig area and I was under strict instruction not to open my mouth, sit there, enjoy the fight, don't say a word, and I think I did well for about 30 seconds. <laughs> and then it was as it was, and it was a tremendous night, and I think he boxed the ears off Quig, and I don't think Quig has been the same since, and Carl is now at that level again, and I just can't wait to see it. The funny story about the Scott Quig fight, I was there, and uh, after the fight he won, yeah. And he's, he's on an after party in this nightclub, and I was in my hotel. I got a text from Christina Finger, him saying, I know I texted him, I said, Where are you? He goes, We're in the nightclub, come around. So I went around, and there's four guys I know, and I go, Stop at the door, and the guy said, Wristband? He's in a wristband again. And I went, No. Another guy goes, That's all right, that's Nicky, he's allowed. So we gave him the five minutes, so they were all delighted, so it was great, but a great night. Oh. <laughs> so I, think I, I think I aged about four years, but anyway, it was a good night. Well, that one for me was up there with the Titanic water. Uh, just just a great night all around. Um, Nikki, I'm going to let you go. Uh, thanks very much. Really appreciate your time. Uh, really appreciate the insight. And um, 
hopefully we'll all look whatever way it comes on Saturday night we'll enjoy it either way and you my friend will be enjoying it a little bit more than I will on the other side but uh, hope it goes well hope you have some more stories to bring home and um, we'll catch up with you in the, in the near future Nicky Fullerton the Belfast newsletter enjoy Manchester not a bit envious uh, looks great so far so this bit here is just a chat I had with uh, part of the chat that I had with Pajo Highland yesterday about uh, Josh Warrington, about his fight style, about how he is in ring when he's in front of you, away he hits, how hard does he hit, and how does he think to fight. I suppose when I'm putting the podcast together, I'm trying to think of different angles, trying to think of things that aren't been covered by others, and I don't think there's too many podcasts or, or videos over the weekend will have a former opponent of Josh Warrington. And in in Pajo Highland, we have a, a little gem here because his 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 insight is very, 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 very unique. So here's Pajo. And like Josh is a, is, a, is an absolute, he's a great fighter, and this is why I'm, I'm on the fence with the ball with him now. I've sparred with Kyle, I, you know, Kyle hits harder, you know, and that that was with a 16 ounce glove. Like I, I know Kyle hits harder, um, but Josh is very accurate, he's very fast, and he's game plan, he stick to, it. he stuck to it against me, and um, he boxed the head off me like every time. And I, but like when I watch it back, like I'm standing up too tall. I'm walking out the jabs, I'm, I'm looking at things, but I remember being in the fight and I could see things I wanted to do, but my body just... You weren't reacting. You know, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, not that my body couldn't do it, I was like, Josh was getting there forced, if you know what I mean. Like, he was getting there, beat me to everything, and I was saying to myself, right, it's either he's young and fast, or you're just getting old in this game. <laughs> mm. So, I, but again, I, with boxing, it's all about timing. And they done it. They they done it great. Like one of them, done his his whole his whole his whole ladder up to success. He's done it perfectly. I think. Um, it was 2013 when I was meant to fight John Simpson in the Tree Arena. Well, the the old yeah the Tree Arena, and um, he pulled out. And the winner was supposed to fight. Eddie, it was he was with Eddie Hearn at the time. Was meant to fight Josh Warren for the European title, but I fought a guy um, Oscar Pico came over tough guy he was nearly stone heavy with me whenever I came in last minute and uh, I'd be him and I asked Eddie is it still happening and he said yeah but and then, then I got another fight in the, in the States and then I got the Russell fight and again after being sparked out by Gary Russell then the opportunity comes from one of them and me still thinking you know I'll still beat this kid mm-hmm. you know still, still in my head still like you know from two three years before that I'll still beat this kid I'll still beat this kid or if I don't beat this kid you know I'm going to give him you know the best I, you know, get him up to the top of what he, you know, he's he's trying to get for. But him, I had all intentions of going in there to beat beat Josh Warren, 
well, after the, the, the second round, for the first two rounds, he just was jumping head off me and stuff, you know. I was trying to get into him, he was too fast, he was in, he was out. And I just, you know, I said, that wasn't me. Um, I really struggled making the weight. It was my first time ever in 12 years, struggling to make 50, well, 126 pounds. And that, that took an effect on me as well. And not not just the weight, like, Josh's punches, like, he was very accurate for, I think it was the night when, the eight round he hit me a few. And I just said, you know what, I'm too tired here. I have to take a knee. I took a knee, I got up. And then the night round he came out, we came out really fast. He just he hit me a jab. And I said, I need to take a break here for a second again. Because the minute it wasn't good enough for me. Yeah, yeah. So I said, right. I said to myself, like, I sat down and I said, right. When you're getting up here now, Padre, you're going out. You're going out, you're going out on your back. You're going out on your sword. And you just give him everything you have until... Until until the the final moment you have to go down or whatever, and I did. I swung for the fences, and again he was just he was in there. He was too quick, and and he he got the win, and he, he done his job, and you know. He, and again after that, he he beat Kiko Martinez. I was at that fight actually as again friends with everyone. Josh brought me over and gave me ringside seats, and you know. And then then he went box Billy uh, Shelby, and I told everyone, I told everyone at home, they all caught. He beat him, or you know, Shelby beat him. Again. I said, "This kid is going to beat him." I guarantee it. I said he had too much will and want to beat Lee Selby for Lee Selby to beat him. And that's, and to me, that's how I think professional boxing is as well. I knew it was up going like in the in the London fight. I kind of said to myself, "You're done after this." Um, I was in there and like. Josh is, a, is, a, is an absolute, he's a great fighter, and this is why I'm, I'm on the fence at the bottom now. I've sparred with Kyle, I, now, Kyle hits harder, you know, and that, that was with a 16 ounce glove, like, I, I know Kyle hits harder, um, but Josh, he's very accurate, he's very fast, and he's game plan, he stick to it, he stuck to it against me, and um, he boxed the head off me, like, every time, and, I, but like, when I watch your back, like, I'm standing up too tall, I'm walking on the jabs, I'm, I'm looking at things, but I remember being in the fight and I could see things I wanted to do, but my body just, you weren't reacting. You know, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, not that my body couldn't do it, it was like, Josh was getting there forced, if you know what I mean, like he was getting there, beat me to everything, and I was saying to myself, right, it's either, he's young and fast, or you're just getting old in this game. What, what, what are the different um, scenarios you can see happening in the fight over the weekend? No pressure. I think I see it going the distance. I think I see it going the distance, but I don't. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't. I don't know who's going to win. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So like, I just want to be one hand to sit back, not even, not even talk about it, not even get like you know, go through scenarios and like that. Just watch the fight as a fan mm. and just enjoy them, enjoy it at the moment. And whatever the outcome comes. So from from your from your fight with with Josh, then I suppose what your the dominating attributes are. He's very, he's very conditioned, you know. He's got and what's his distance like? What's sorry, Rich? What's the distance? What's he like for distance? Because Carl is actually he's quite good at managing the distance. He's quite good at getting in and out. Yeah, that's, see, that's, that's a scenario. Like I don't, like, you know what I mean. I don't want to be. Like, Carl is. Yeah. Uh, I'm holding out that jab, and and staying staying there the possible that little step back. And, Mm. You know what I mean? With power and as well. With power. With good power. Mm. And Josh, you know, keeps the guard open, pops that jab out nice and 
and he moved around. He'd, you know, just he wouldn't stay, you know, still or even move left him and right. You know, he's always on the go as well. Like, and then he'll rush him with one or two shots and land them. And then get him quick enough as well. And what's his power like? When, 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 as you said, I know you were in a uh, kind of you were tired and stuff. But what, what, is it? There's no comparison. You're saying Fortuna's were just thunderous shots. This. Oh, yeah, Fortuna. Yeah, every, every punch, every jab, every left hand he hit me, man. I felt it walk down through, through my bones. And was it? A, was it a? Was it a dull? Was it a dull stick? Just a shot now. Stinging shots. You know what I mean? Like because you were so accurate, and every time I, you know, thought doing some bang, I was getting a hit. Mm. Which, which, which them, but they're not, they're not physically, you know, holding shots, but they're, they're demeaning shots, like, you know what I mean, they turn it out quick enough as well. So, so yeah. when, when we've talked about three different shots here in a lot. You're saying the Gary Russell one you didn't see and it knocked, it sparked you. That that just that oh, yeah, that yeah. flipped the switch. So that's yeah. it. But you're saying Fortuna was a pain. It was like a was it a dull like a, a go? A, it was just, cool. just like flashes of light every time he hits you. Bang. No, no, I never got no. The only thing I never got that was, was, was Gary Russell. Oh, and I was like, what the heck was that? Like I didn't know what happened. <laughs> um, the Fortuna one was just like. Constantly, yeah. And that's during the fight. Do you, do you be, does the body become during the fight when those shots are coming and you know they're coming and they're coming thick and fast and. Does the body kind of does it become numb to it, or do you just kind of yeah, you, rate, so you switch it? There's a, there's a few. There's, I've, I've, I have a few followers in the game. Punch, flush off uh, in the layer round of Fortuna. wonder like these i know they're probably questions that you without having to think about it but i'm just you have the scenarios there and and but josh as you said they're not they're just a different type of they're they're all they're just different ways of speed and power put together you know what i mean yeah yeah not necessarily planting his feet he's kind of he's yeah whereas fortuna would have been fucking looted um but i think that's why a lot of people are fascinated by it because they realize that look it's not for everybody and not everybody can do it because it's, no, there's it's a lot not. to it. And that's the difference. And that's, I think, why you can, you can try to have the best understanding and you can try everything else you can do. No, yeah, it's definitely not for everybody. Um, so you're not giving me a prediction. You just think it'll go the distance. It's both yeah, both are fairly I'm evenly matched. I don't want to predict it. I just want to enjoy it. Yeah, I don't think I could predict it either. I think... Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a crack of I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why I'm. Sw- I'll I'll put my colours to the map. I I think Carl is going to win it. Uh, first of all, I'm a Carl fan. I suppose I have to say that. Big Josh fan as well. And I did. I didn't think. I won't say I thought he was going to beat Selby. I definitely thought he had enough to to and how Selby got there and whatever. But I thought if if um I didn't think he he really went to a new level. I thought Josh took it to another level. Yeah. Um, I tell you what's sticking in my mind with Carl is he seems to be in a place now where he where he was. Happy. Yeah, 
everything is flowing. There's no. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it sounds like a cliche, but it's not a cliche. It's a fact. No. It's a fact. And there's nothing. There's nothing else there, honey. And I think the 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 one. If there was no other reason, you can talk about the matchups because they all have different match. They they both have different skills and sets and everything else. But I think Carl is an occasion as well. The the occasions never get to him. Never ever. And that could be the northern thing in them as well. They have that that steel in them where they're able to switch. Pajo, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure, I have to say. I, I could do it all day and night and, and twice on a Sunday. I, I really enjoy it. And what I'm going to do is, I got Eddie's number from Graham, right? Um, I'm going to t- I'll, I'll, I'll connect with him at some stage over the Christmas when, when, when you've had the chocolate and all and everyone's looking for a little bit of an hour or something. And just like that, he was gone. And it was one of, one of the more enjoyable ones. But then again, I'm saying that every week. And it had a little bit of crack. It had a bit of... Um, there was a lot of emotion in it as well. You can hear it at times. Just there's realizations, and you, and you hear the, you hear a boxer uh, explaining these realizations that come over him in the middle of a fight, and it's um it's it's something that people that we that anybody that hasn't competed or hasn't been in the thick of battle in a ring just probably wouldn't have an understanding of it, and it's it's it can be emotional at times, and and uh, even. I suppose for myself, who who is a a lifelong fight fan, it's 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 when you hear it and and, and you're almost listening to them relive it. It's 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 quite hard hitting to roar up on. But look, that's the first episode. There's a little bit over a half an hour done. Part two will be tomorrow. Uh, full conversation with Pajo and the ins and outs and ups and downs of his uh, boxing career. Thanks for listening. Like it and share. Talk to you soon. <laughs>